You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Maybe I'm crazy, but I am the only person who doesn't care about the Instagram likes going away. That's me. Respect. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Bucky Brooks joins us today. He and I have the same uh, philosophy on getting players over draft picks. We do not, however, have the same draft philosophy. He gave me heartburn and an anxiety attack with a suggestion for what the Bengals should do this year. Um, We also do not agree on Joe Burrow, who I'm very high on, which we'll also discuss. And he is the head football coach for Granada Hills High School. And I was once also a high school coach, a high school soccer coach. So we talk about that, and that's very fun. We have the same philosophy on uh, raising up our young people as well, uh, for the most part. I'm a little more harsh. But uh, we'll also talk Cowboys today. We will talk about the Seahawks-Niners game, which was amazing. Um, The Knicks, Lamar Jackson, LSU, Joe Burrow, as I mentioned. Trump is on his sports endearment tour. culture report as i just mentioned the the no likes thing is not actually that big of a deal um and lots of other stuff so let's get started with bucky brooks who also has a podcast move the sticks with daniel jeremiah so you can check that out as well all right thank you bucky bucky brooks is joining us on the maybe i'm crazy podcast appreciate you coming in i appreciate you having me um okay so little known joy fact I drop these um, every couple weeks. I was the head, well, not the head coach. I was, uh, was kind of the head coach. It was really the assistant coach, but kind of the head coach of uh, my high school soccer team when my two nieces were sophomore and seniors Oh, Woodland Hills High School. Um, and I have many stories. But <laughs> um, that was, I mean, let me say seven years ago that I was coaching there. Um, and it was an experience because going back to, well, it was, so it was my alma mater. So like, obviously, yeah, so you know, I run, shit, but also like you're dealing with high school kids. And when you're an adult, like when you're in high school, you think you're so smart yeah. and so special and you're really not. And you think you can tell adults what to do and you really can't. And when you're an adult, you're like, <laughs> you're looking at these kids like, wait, I'm leaving here and going to happy hour. Like I, nothing, <laughs> not, like, none of your problems are really that serious. Like I care about you. But like, so I like went into it with this mentality. Like, first of all, I'm not your friends. Like I sat them all down. Like I'm not your friends. So don't tell me about going to parties or smoking weed or drinking or like anything you don't, anything you don't want your parents or the administration to know, don't tell me. Cause I will tell on you. I'm not your friend. Okay. <laughs> there's no, there's no snitching rule here. I'm an adult. And what I'm not going to do is get in trouble for you. First of all, second, don't talk back to me. Cause I don't care. And third, anything that you try and like do to ruin my day, I believe you, it, trust me, will be eliminated by the Cabernet. I'm going to have a happy hour when I leave here. <laughs> so like, like we're here, we're going to work. Don't try and ruin my day. But I doubt that that's a cure experience. You're the head coach at Granada Hills High School. So yeah. I don't think that that's a speech you have with them. No, that's not really the speech <laughs> that I would have with them. But um, high school kids are funny. They are interesting. They have uh, their own problems and things that they kind of bring to the table. Uh, I'm probably a mix of that. I'm probably not as hard line as you are, like well, set, setting the girls, tone so. right, right there. But um, I do kind of get into these weird conversations with, with high school boys about, like what's going on, and I think the weird thing is like like with dudes, I was like, you can't be that dude. Like you can't be that dude the week of homecoming. You haven't asked your girl, so you haven't asked her if you're um. taking her out. Hey, you gonna take her to dinner? Ah, oh, coach, I'm not gonna take her. Why would I take her out to eat? Ah, uh, because you should. Like so. Okay, so, so you're like you're really like, like raising like, young men. Like so, so trying to raise the bar so right. they can so they won't be that guy. Like the the guy that you got your you and your girlfriends always talk about. Yeah, we're trying to eliminate. Some of that at the high school level. I appreciate level. that you're trying to do that because there's so many of those guys. <laughs> like, yes, I think it's a click moment. Uh, you deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, I, I was trying to mold them as young women, also, but like, there were look like you you guys are competitive, right? Yes. Like, so it's you know, soccer wasn't really our sport at that school, so I just wanted them to you know get some exercise, 
have some fun and then, you know, put sort of a winning mentality into them. Like you can, you can only win with the talent that you have. Um, not saying you guys, I love all of you if you're listening, like you were all very talented, but look, like <laughs> we didn't win a lot of games <laughs> and they didn't appreciate all the running I made them do, but you run a lot in soccer. Um, okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad that that's, that's what you're doing for them. Um, for, okay. So real quick story. I want to see if you have any of these experiences because when you're dealing with high school, you're dealing with parents, yes. right? Yes. And there's no way around it. It's not like college no. where like the parents are at home and yeah. you might deal with like one or two crazy parents that are always like calling you or something. But like in high school, you're dealing with parents. And I had this girl who showed up to one of the games at halftime. She's our best player, like by far our best player. She showed up at halftime and like didn't inform me that she was coming at halftime. So she shows up. And she's like, hey, coach, I'm here. I'm like, <laughs> OK, like have a seat right there on the bench. Like where are you going to sit for the rest of the game? And I didn't play her because why would I play her? She showed up at halftime. So anyway, um, she was not pleased, obviously. That, and none of the other girls cared, obviously. But she was not happy that she didn't play. And her mother followed me to my car. I mean. <laughs> okay. I remained calm because I was on school grounds. And she followed me to my car and was like, you know, why did you not play my daughter? And I was like, well, first of all, like, hey, we're like one in six. Okay. So she's good. She's not that. She's not Pele. Right. All right. And also... <laughs> She showed up at halftime. She's like, well, she had band practice. So I was like, you know the rules. Like, the band director knows yes. if there's a game, it takes precedence over practice. Everyone knows the rules. Like, it's not difficult. What's important is that you teach your daughter to, you know, delegate her time correctly. Like, she needs to learn a schedule. This is what becoming an adult is in high school. And, like, also, this is my problem. If you show up at halftime, you're not playing. What is this? What, what am I teaching these girls? Like, you just do whatever you want? I don't get to do whatever I want. Do you get to do whatever you want? No, but that, it's, it's funny that you talk about that because – Taking over a program, one of the biggest things we talk about is accountability. Right. And you're trying to change the culture, and you can only do so much because the parents are basically responsible for taking them. So the only rule that we put in place is you can't no call, no show. So in that event, like, if you're going to miss practice, if you're going to be late, just call, send send the email, send a text. Right. Just let me know. But you can't no call, no show, and then think you're going to be able to play. So similar situations, we've had guys who – don't show up and then on game day they're like, hey coach, I'm ready. Like, no, you're not ready. You can be ready to stand right beside me because right. there's there's a thing. And so you're trying to show them at your job, when you grow up and you become an adult, you can't just not show up. Like there are consequences to the action. So yes. I'm with you on that. All right. So we're 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 pretty much on the same yeah, we're, page we're for coaching we're mentality. I think you probably have more success than me, but um I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't good. <laughs> um anyway, so also when you played, um, you were a return specialist yes. in corner in the NFL. So, um, to me, every time I watch that guy on the field, uh, I've always wondered, like, what's going through your mind? Because that there's a lot of scary moments in football, but that is just about the most isolated that you can be on a football yeah. field. Like, that's, like, every, once a moment, like, what you don't even get that in basketball. Like, that's, like, the last foul shot to win the game. Yeah. at the end of the game or in overtime in basketball. Like, there's no isolated moment like that in kind of maybe in baseball. I don't know, but that's terrifying. Like, the ball's coming. What's going through your mind? Well, it's, or do it's, you just not think? Well, I mean, like, it's kind of like a gladiator moment because prior to the kickoff, there's always music playing or whatever. So you're kind of in the moment. you like, everyone gets a chance to look at me, do whatever it is I'm going to do. And right. then when the ball is kicked, like, because you have all this bravado before, like, yeah, kick it to me, I'm about to take it back. And then they kick it, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, oh, they really kicked it to me. They yeah. really kicked it to me. And then um, it's kind of like having blind faith that everyone is going to block whoever they're supposed to block, and you're just going to run as hard as you can and find a hole and not get wallet. But it is one of those things that, like, as soon as I got done and then I went to a game and I watched the game from field level, that I remember like, man, that's crazy. Like, why would anybody sign up for that? Like, yeah. Why would anybody sign up to be like, I'm going to run down. I got 11 people coming to hit me. Right. Um, it is well, a different thing. Well, the hit you thing. part is, like, the last thing that I even think about. Because, like, obviously you have the entire team running trying to tackle you. <laughs> but you have to catch the ball. Yeah, I think that part of it, I think that part of it is, is, is kind of like, it's like playing baseball. You just kind of get used to, like, catching the ball and those things. I think the bigger thing is, like, when you have the ball in your hand and you just kind of run it and you're really, the only way to be good at it is you're trusting that everyone is going to block everybody. Right. So I'm not going to look around and see all the bodies. I'm just going to run to this hole and I'm going to blindly trust that I'm not going to get waylaid from the backside. But it is one of those things that those guys have to be half crazy um, to do. And it's one of those things you take pride in because now the way they've legislated everything, like the returner is not really as big and, and a part of the game as he right. used to be. But it is one of those things where you kind of share that bond with guys that do it because you kind of look at each other like, yeah, I'm, 
yeah. I'm half cocked. Like that's kind of what. what so I you do. are you're admitting that you're a little bit. Yeah, a little, yeah, everyone has to be a little yeah. crazy. But you look, you, know, you got the tie going. Like it's it's it's, it's a facade. Yeah, it's all yeah, it's, yeah, all, it's, it's all the thing. Don't let this TV show fool you. Um, okay, so you gave me an anxiety attack earlier on the herd. Uh, what what you said was, <laughs> and and I I, I I we have to talk about this because I'm I'm still it gives me heartburn. Okay, so I, not that I have like a deep concern about what the Cincinnati Bengals do with the future of their franchise, because I'll be honest, I don't. But you suggested that if Cincinnati gets the first pick, which is looking like they will, because the Dolphins can't figure out how tanking works, that they should take Chase Young. Yeah, if you, I mean, if you if you look at it, Chase Young in my mind is the best player potentially in the draft. If he comes out, when you're picking at the top, the one thing that you want to make sure you do is you get a guy that is. Kind of like a gold jacket worthy guy, a guy that can be a dominant player, a guy that can be the top five at his position for the next decade, and a guy that eventually you can envision being a Hall of Fame type player. When you look at the quarterbacks that are in this draft class, unless you are confident that these guys are far superior to the position players that are available, it is best to take the best position player if he qualifies. And I know we've been in this time where everyone feels like you have to have the quarterback to win, and you do. But it has, you have to make sure that that guy is worthy of being number one overall. I know we talked about Joe Burrow and Tua and Justin Herbert, but you just have to make sure that those guys are superior to the other guy. If it's close, yes, you can take the quarterback. But if not, take the best player. But, but you don't think it's close? Oh, I, th- I, th- I think it could be close. I think we just have to wait and see. I think the thing about with Tua, Tua has been beat up. He's been injured. No, I'm with you on Tua. The, the majority of his career. Yeah. Joe Burrow. Like, let's be honest. Like, this year has been the year where he's come out. But prior to this year, was anyone talking about Joe Burrow being the number no, one No, but I mean, isn't, that, isn't it the goal to develop? I mean, it is a develop. But you, but you would like to see someone who has been consistently dominant over a sustained period in college. He's been great this year. But remember, he got beat out of Ohio State. He finds his way to LSU. Last year at LSU, he was fine, but he wasn't someone that we were talking about. This year, he's been terrific. He has a great supporting cast. We just need to make sure that Joe Burrow is the real deal before we anoint him the number one. Okay, well, I love Joe Burrow, and <laughs> I thought that that game against Alabama was incredible. I'm with you on Tua. I, I, something, I call it women's intuition. I don't know. But, like, something about Tua is not – I don't know. I don't know about Tua. <laughs> like, I just can't – I can't figure it out what it is, and it's probably the injuries or maybe just because he's the Alabama quarterback – um, and and I I haven't seen a successful Alabama quarterback. There hasn't in the NFL. been one really. Um, so that's that's why I like Burrow. I, if I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan and you take Chase Young, I I might faint on this. <laughs> like what 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 that to me like I I can I can actually t- tell you what that experience was like for me because I was bartending um, at a sports bar. Sort of, uh, and it was, it was like a Hooters, um, and <laughs> it's it's called Wing House, um, and I'm watching the the draft, and the draft is happening, and it's the Dolphins pick, and I'm like, yes, we're getting Brady Quinn, right? Like we're of course we're like Dolphins have been a quarterback in like 20 years, of course we're taking Brady Quinn, right? And then I take Ted Ginn Jr. and I fainted. <laughs> not really, but I couldn't work. I couldn't. I couldn't not. I could not work. I could. I couldn't function. I was acting like I'm acting right now. Like I was like, what? 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 Like what happened? Like I, how? What do you mean? Who's gonna throw to him? <laughs> Who's gonna throw to him? We don't have a quarterback. It doesn't matter if he's not like the best. Obviously, Ted Ginn Jr. was more talented. But like, you don't. Who's gonna throw the ball to the receiver? But Ted Ginn Jr. is still playing, and Brady Quinn is working in TV. And neither one of them are playing for the Dolphins. <laughs> like. It's, right. Dolphins because they didn't have anyone to throw to him. I mean, I, I understand, and I understand like everything is driven it's a very by the quarterback. Emotional moment for me. I'm sorry. It, it, it is very emotional for a lot of people. Like we've seen it time and time again. It was kind of like the Daniel Jones thing in New York. Everyone is upset because Daniel Jones isn't supposed to be the pick. Uh, yeah. I think for the Bengals, they have to make sure that if they're trying to set up the success, the franchise for long-term success, you got to take the best player. If you take the best player at each possible position, you can't go wrong. So that's your that's your draft mentality. Take, take the, the best, best player. player on the board. Take the best player. Don't settle. Okay. Don't settle. Well, you know what? That is that's kind of your mentality in life. You're teaching these young men to be better. Don't you know, settle. Take the best one on the board. All right. So speaking of the Dolphins, um, they're tanking badly, but that's the that's but they've been winning. They're, right. That's what I'm saying. They're they're bad at tanking. <laughs> they're bad at everything. They're bad at, bad at they just can't do anything right. Um, but I don't I hate tanking 
in the, at the highest level, it goes against everything I believe in. I think the way that you operate is the way that the Ravens operate, which is if even if you don't make the playoffs, you stay consistent and relevant and build a good team and then make a move to get the guy. Don't just be a disaster consistently for like 20 years and then hope that one guy's going to come in and turn your franchise around. That said, I like Brian Flores, and I do think that they play hard, which is why they keep yeah. winning. But do you believe that this tanking plan that they have is going to work? No, because I don't think they're ultimately going to tank. I, I think it's hard to say that we're going to deliberately lose because there's a college guy that we know can reverse the fortunes of the franchise. Um, what the Dolphins are attempting to do is they're trying to build a foundation. I do like what they're doing in terms of how they're playing hard under Brian Flores. I think that speaks to the culture that he's trying to create right. in the locker room. The guys are obviously responding to it. Now, the trick will be they have a million draft picks um, in the top rounds over the next few years. Chris Greer and that staff, they have to get it right. The problem is the draft is nothing more than a coin flip. It's 50-50 that you can get it right, particularly in the first round. So how do they parlay all of those picks into good players? That is really where it's going to be done. And I don't know if in this draft class you can hit on all of them. So we'll see how they do it over a two-year period. But, yeah, a lot, a lot of pressure is on the coaches and the GM to make sure they get it right. I'm glad you said that because you said something earlier that I've been saying for a long time. You don't know me very well, but I'm right about a lot of things. And <laughs> uh, I've been saying this for a very long time, that I I hate this hoarding of draft picks. Oh, we have 25,000 draft picks more. You don't know what you don't know what they're going to be. Right. So so getting all these draft picks means that you must be some wizard at the NFL draft, which literally no one is. No. Bill Belichick has half busts every single year. He picked on they picked on Brady in the sixth round. So like don't talk to me about all this wizardry that everyone has at the NFL draft. It's a complete crapshoot. Always. Always. So and that's no disrespect to everybody who does <laughs> like no, no, scouting, but, it, but, but like it, that's what it is. So why would you not trade and make moves for known commodities or hoard up a bunch of draft picks that you don't know what they are? Because there's a fascination. Like, and part of the fascination, I believe, is driven by fans and fantasy football because everyone thinks that they can be a GM. So everyone likes the possibility of what's behind door number one. What can we get um, in fantasy land that will help us turn it around? Right. Whereas for me, I like proven commodities. I like to know that what I see is what I'm going to get. Now, it's a, it's a matter of making sure that the player that I see fits into what we're doing. Right. But – I just know that, like, the more you pick, the odds go against you in terms of I'm going to find enough players to live up to some of the players that we've traded away. So when I think about Minka Fitzpatrick and the Miami Dolphins, 11th pick, you go and you trade him away, then he goes to Pittsburgh and he looks like a star. Right. And so I would just rather have the guy that I see, and I'm like, oh, okay, I can see this is what he does for us. He'll be great for us in this role, and it works. I'll give up the first-round pick because I don't know what that first-round pick is going to be. Thank you. And so – that's the thing for me. I, I just don't understand why people make it more complicated than what it is. I've seen more teams kind of adopt that strategy. Like, oh, yeah, we'll just take the player. We'll take the player. Don't worry about the pick. We can go get picks later. Take the player. Take the player. Thank you. And I think that the reason why this happens so much in the NFL is because it, it's very difficult to establish a culture. Like when you think of NFL teams that have cultures, the Ravens, the Patriots, mm -hmm. the Saints, the uh, net right right now looks looking like the 49ers, yes. the Seahawks. So when you have a culture, you can say, okay, this guy fits into our, our culture. This guy doesn't fit into our culture. So then you can evaluate players and, and make trades based off of that because you have actual professional data and not college data on these players. And a lot of teams are just like, we, we don't know what we are, just whatever. Like, we'll just find a guy, we'll find a guy in the draft because they don't know what, they don't know what their team is anyway. Yeah, it has, the vision has to be said by right. whoever's in at, at the top, whether it's the GM or the head coach, whatever the vision of what the team is going to be, like it has to follow in that. I think the teams that you mentioned, you're right, the culture's been established. Like everyone has an identity, you know exactly what you're getting. Right. And I think, like I, I use the Pittsburgh Steelers for an example, I think everyone has a vision for what a Pittsburgh Steelers is. You kind of yeah. know what those guys are going to look like. They're blue-collar, they're tough, they're physical. They're, they're going to do all the things that you expect them to do in a rugged way. If you don't have that established, you are just kind of – uh, peeing in the wind, trying to figure out like, oh, I'm going to take this guy, I'm going to take that guy, and it doesn't work. And so get the culture right. Some of the way that you can establish the culture 
is by drafting guys, but you have to really know their background yeah. and know how they are. And so it's trying to find the common denominator with each guy that you bring into the locker room to make sure it's right. I'll take your word for it on the peeing in the wind thing. Um, <laughs> should, should, we, should we still have reservations about Lamar Jackson based off everything you just said, like evaluating someone, having a strong culture, and seeing if they work for that team? I think Lamar Jackson has taken an incredible step up in his mm. development from last year to this year. But I still kind of feel like there's a little bit of hesitation with him. And it's maybe it's because he's so unique. Yeah, because it's different. Like, we're slow to adapt to change. And so uh, Lamar Jackson is different than any quarterback that we've seen because he does so much of it with his legs and he's running around and he's making plays. You just wonder, can he sustain this in the National Football League when we've been conditioned to think the quarterback that plays for a National Football League team has to be a guy that throws from the pocket. He has to right. play a certain way because everyone tells us that that's how they have to perform. But Lamar Jackson is different, and I think if you go to your local high schools and you really look at the college game, there are far more Lamar Jacksons than Tom Brady types. And so we have to get used to seeing the Lamar Jackson types take over. And when you really look at the MVP race, I think it's interesting the changing dynamic at the quarterback position. You have Russell Wilson, you have Deshaun Watson, you have Lamar Jackson. All of those guys run around and play a different style than the traditional quarterback. And so as – the college game becomes a bigger part of the pro game. We're going to see more guys that play like Lamar Jackson. All right. So finally, you are a talent, talent evaluator. Mm, yeah. Um, so quarterbacks aside, who are your top five X factor players? Like players that are, gonna, Ooh, so are going to see, so make I gotta, a. I got to pop out my list. Um, so, so basically like a player that's not a quarterback that's going to make a difference for a team in the playoffs that we're not going to expect. Okay, so we're going to go five through one or one yeah, through five? We'll go, we'll go five to lowest to highest, so okay, five to go. one. So Alvin Kamara for the New Orleans Saints. The reason he is a big factor is he's really the engine to that New Orleans Saints offense. I yeah. know we talk about Drew Brees, but Alvin Kamara's ability to make big plays as a runner and a receiver, that's the X factor for the Saints. Sean Payton does a great job of putting him in situations where he can exploit mismatches. He is going to be a guy that as we get closer to the tournament, He's going to play a bigger role in their offense. The fourth guy for me is Aaron Jones, running back from the Green Bay Packers. Everyone talks about Aaron Rodgers being the MVP. Right. He may be the MVP, but the most outstanding player for them at this moment is Aaron Jones. 14 scrimmage touchdowns, does a great job running it. He's been more involved in the passing game. That's something that the Packers haven't had. That is going to be a nice outlet for Aaron Rodgers going forward. Minka Fitzpatrick at three. The big trade, six interceptions since he's arrived in Pittsburgh, defensive player of the year candidate. He joins Devin Bush, T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree. That defense looks like yeah. the Pittsburgh defense of old. And I think it's funny, Mike Tomlin may be doing his best coaching job that he's done in the Steel City. He is doing more with less addition by subtraction. Got rid of all the, the egos and malcontents, and then they're playing really, really well. At two, Josh Gordon for the Seattle Seahawks. Mm. The reason Josh Gordon is an X-Factor, I know they brought him off the street. They put him in the game on Monday night. He made a couple big plays. But when you look at the Seattle Seahawks and you look at their roster, they really don't have any dynamic weapons on the outside. As the game gets tighter in the playoffs and everyone begins to hone in on what you do really well, Josh Gordon might be the one guy that could be Russell Wilson's answer to what the defensive does, to what the defense does. I think he could be a guy that you watch. And finally, Marcus Peters from the Baltimore Ravens. Marcus Peters is a guy that's kind of a grab bag. Like, he gives up a lot of plays, but we've seen in the four or five weeks since he's been with the Baltimore Ravens, he has two pick sixes. Yeah. He plays the game in a way where he's a bit of a gambler. But, man, when he guesses right, he creates big plays. Baltimore kind of brought him in because his personality is a little different. But in that locker room, in that culture, it fits. I think he's going to be a guy that could be a difference maker for them down the stretch. You're very good at this, Bucky. I appreciate yeah. it, Joy. I appreciate <laughs> you're, you're it. You're very good at that. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks Hopefully we can have on. you on again. Um, we learned a lot today. And uh, now I honestly feel like uh, I feel like I could, you know, be an NFL GM. Oh, you're right like there. You got it. You I got mean, it. look, we were on the same page about like 99% <laughs> of stuff. So not not about the, the Bengals thing. I'm off on that, that. But everything else, pretty solid. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Are you ready for what's ahead? You can't always predict the future, but you can game plan for it. Generations of families and businesses have harnessed the power of Pacific to help them reach their unique goals. Whether you need to save enough money to meet your needs, ensure your family is protected, or make sure you don't run out of money, Pacific Life has a variety of financial solutions that can help. Pacific Life counts more than half of the 100 largest U.S. companies as its clients and has been named one of the 2019 
world's most ethical companies by Ethisphere Institute, protecting what matters most to people for 150 years and counting. That's the power of Pacific. Ask a financial professional about how Pacific Life can help you game plan for your future or visit PacificLife.com. All right. Hello. What am I winning or quitting today? Hey, uh, Dak Prescott is balling, balling this season. Second in passing yards and yards per completion, tied third best in TD passes. Yet still, the Cowboys found a way to lose on Sunday night, dropping them to one and four against non-NFC East teams. Joy, Dak is the Cowboys' best player. Wit it or quit it. Wit. <laughs> I just thought of doing that right now. This is instantaneous. Oh my god. If you don't know what I'm referring to, get the internet. Um, Dak was doing this insane hip warm-up, um, and it was, of course, memed all over the world. They played a hip warm-up in the middle of the game, though, so it's not all... It wasn't just Dak doing that thing. It took the br- the production delivering it to us in the form they did. For yeah, it to, I mean, to but really... it was special, and we appreciated it. And now <laughs> it's all over the place, and then Jimmy Garoppolo has his own, because we know Jimmy yep. likes to get his hips moving. <clears throat> um, and, and Bosa trolled him too. And then Bosa trolled him, which is it's, it's really funny. Like yeah. it's it's clearly a warm up. It obviously looks ridiculous. You can put any song in the world to it, and it's funny. And yeah. um and it's no one's making fun of Dak. Like it just it obviously looks ridiculous. That said, um he is without question the identity of the Dallas Cowboys, and Sunday mm. proved it. I'm fu- I'm so glad that you know sometimes I just I, you know look I say things and we're on a podcast you know so maybe it doesn't get out to the rest of the world. But I'm, I'm right about a lot of things. It's kind of my thing. Um, it's a gift <laughs> and a curse. You know, some people don't like it, but, you know, it's my cross to bear. And I've been saying this about Dak since Dak started as the Cowboys quarterback. I believe I was saying this back when Jerry Jones was on uh, that ridiculous campaign to uh, put Tony Romo back in. Oof. You remember that time? <sighs> Tony Romo. We all Romo. collectively moved past it as Thank a sports society. <laughs> We're all just going to try and forget that that happened. Um, We're not going to hold that against you, Jerry. You've made a lot of good business decisions, one of them being sticking with Dak Prescott. And I understand Ezekiel Elliott is a superstar running back. However, as fun and as dynamic as Ezekiel Elliott is and as much winning as they do when he gets going, um, it's on Dak because at the end of the day, you can't rely on your running back. It's all about quarterbacks in this league. We know that every great team in this league has a all-around great team plus a dynamic multifaceted, if not extreme veteran in Drew Brees and Tom Brady quarterback. And Dak Prescott, I don't understand the pushback with Dak Prescott. I never have really understood the pushback with Dak Prescott. He's an, an incredible professional. He does hilarious warm-ups. He never gets in any trouble, aside from a, a little incident with, with Ezekiel Elliott, ill-advised, but look, uh, we can't all be perfect. But nothing, nothing that even sniffs the area of dysfunction. He's completely reliable. He is always healthy. He's a great leader. He is magnificent at quarterback speak, which, I mean, I mean, tell me you got a quarterback and do quarterback speak. They can actually play. I mean, sign me up, right? <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, king of quarterback speak. Well, aside from this week, I have no interest whatsoever in him being my uh, franchise hey, quarterback. Hey, King Tannehill this week, though, huh? I mean, yeah, he, he, he got to have his moment. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I got to give it to him this week. But yeah. in general, if you can do all that, like, after the game – uh, reporters were hounding him to get some, get him to say something bad about the play calling, nope. and he completely squashed it in, in perfect fashion. There wasn't even able to be a follow up to that because it's like it's not. There's nothing to talk about. Like we didn't win the game. Yes, at the end of the game, you want to not go away from what's working in that moment. Uh, live on the edge. I don't know. Leave it in Dak's hands. And the fact that after the game, everyone was talking about the play calling and not how Dak didn't win that game shows you Dak is the franchise quarterback, the future of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, that said, I am fully aware that we are living in a salary cap NFL society, as we have been, okay, forever. I get it. Does he, should he get $37 million, $36 million? Does he deserve it? Absolutely, because he's been playing on a fourth-round pick uh, salary for the past four years and uh, making nothing, essentially. Like, they've basically had him for free. Probably more in sponsorships. His entire career. He's definitely made more off the field than he has playing football for the Dallas Cowboys, which is fine. Like, that's where he was drafted. That's how it works. But that said, he does deserve to get paid. And in some degree, you're going to get paid for your perform- your past performance as well as your future performance. But he is the future. And I don't think that the Cowboys aren't going to give him a deal. Like, there's some talk about franchise tag. I, I mean, if I had something to throw, like a tomato or something, I would. 
because that's just that's that's nonsense and it, it absolutely cannot happen. Do yeah. not Kirk. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Kirk Ask Cousins. Kirk Cousins about Don't that. Don't Kirk Cousins this situation. Okay. Now listen, I am not a fan of Kirk Cousins uh, as a quarterback. I, I don't know what he's going to do week to week. I do like how he likes to make money. He is definitely a hustler. <laughs> he is he is he is magnificent at making money. Quarterback magnificent is not the word I would use. However, he has the ability to play great games, and as we as he showed uh, this week, he also can sneakily win a primetime game, which is not his style. So, kudos to to Kirk Cousins. That's all I have to say about the Vikings. I just do not I do not trust the Vikings, and it's because of Kirk Cousins. And that's like I'm sorry, they have an incredible roster and great talent, but it's Kirk Cousins at the end of the day. That said, don't Kirk Cousins the situation. You have to pay Dak Prescott. I don't think that the Jones family is actually considering not paying Dak Prescott. But what's the what is the holdup here? Like, it's are we are really arguing about three or four million dollars? What kind of player are you going to get for that anyway? What 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 is? I mean, I understand there's other people that need to get paid, but yeah, you paid all these random people. Don't worry Amari about Amari Cooper still needs to be paid, and th- so really it comes down to Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott because. My other point is it, the key to this offense is really not Ezekiel Elliott because Ezekiel Elliott is going to do what Zeke does when Zeke does it. And at the end of this game, it was, Zeke couldn't get going. It was it was terrible play calling by them. There's no way to argue around that. Zeke couldn't get anywhere in that moment. The the real star here is the Amari Dak Prescott connection. Mm-hmm. Like that ball that he threw three yards out of bounds in the end zone to Amari Cooper. I, I don't know if there, maybe like Julio Jones. Uh, at a time, Des Bryant, is, is there any receiver that's better at the, the toe touch than Amari Cooper? I mean, I mean, that's a Jerry Rice move right there. So Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, I'm not talking about all time, but like <laughs> most recently that we've that. seen, like Amari Cooper is incredible at that. Obviously, Odell, too, when, you know, ever he can get someone balls thrown to him. But yeah. the, the point is, at this point, it's bordering on madness, which, by the way, is my new favorite thing to say. <laughs> it's um, bordering on madness. It, it is. It is. It's starting to become like ridiculous. This conversation about whether Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback or if the Cowboys should pay him. The Cowboys, the Cowboys should obviously pay Dak Prescott. They've yet to have a losing season since he entered the league. They won the division two out of his three years. I, I don't. I need you to explain to me. And it can't be like, well, he's not a dynamic talent. I don't know what I don't. I don't even know what that means anymore. Like, please explain that further because the wins are there. The consistency is there. The leadership is there. The availability is there. Uh, the, the the winning the divisions is there. I understand you want to eventually win a Super Bowl, but he's playing on a fourth round rookie contract, and you have all the money to move around at this point. And if you can't put a Super Bowl roster together with that at to your advantage, then just pay him, and then let's stop using that as an excuse. So that's that. That's it. Dak Prescott is the Cowboys. All right, what's next? All right, uh, week 10 was a bad one for good teams. Mm-hmm. The, the Niners suffered their first defeat. Uh, the Saints got clipped by the Falcons. The Panthers uh, lost at Lambeau. The Chiefs dropped one to the Titans. And the Cowboys, as we just talked about, came up short in Jerry's world. Joy, the Chiefs are the worst, best team in the league. Win it or quit it. Yeah, and I, I sadly have to say with it, um, they are in big trouble. So, uh, obviously, as you mentioned, the Saints losing to the Falcons. I didn't learn anything about the Saints in that game. Uh, it's just that, a stinker. They had a stinker. Yeah, they had a stinker. It's available. You know, all of us have them from time to time. You know, and the, I didn't learn anything about the Falcons either. So, like, the Falcons <laughs> didn't turn the season yeah. around. The Saints are not that bad. It's just a rivalry game and just one of those things in the NFL just happens. Um, I don't have an explanation for it. It just is what it is. So I didn't learn anything there. I didn't really learn anything about the Panthers. Panthers are like where I thought they were. Um, and they the Packers. Won. Yeah. And the Packers are. Yeah. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, another couple inches, and that's their game. It's a good game. Um, it, it was a good game. And I didn't learn anything about the Packers either. They're exactly where I thought they were. Now, uh, the Cowboys we just discussed. And the 49ers, that, that, was, that was, we'll get to it later, but that was the best game of the season so far. And yep. it wasn't a bad loss for the 49ers at all. That said, the Chiefs losing to the Titans is a disaster. Woof. There's no, there's, there's, there's no two ways about it. Because you had Patrick Mahomes back. If, had that been Matt Moore, we're not even really discussing this game. Mm. Other than just the Chiefs are in trouble and they need to hurry up and get Patrick Mahomes back. Their, the rest of their schedule is, is not any easier. They, they play the Broncos. They play the Chargers. They play the Patriots. Um, at the Patriots, I believe, mm. and it, th- like that would be normally billed as the best se- best game of the season, but it's not going to be because I don't I don't know what the Chiefs are going to do. Like you have Patrick Mahomes, you have uh, a, a Super Bowl run available to you, and they can't stop the run. You can't have Ryan Tannehill and and the Titans beat you if you're a Super Bowl team at this point 
in the season. Like, Patrick Mahomes had 446 yards and three touchdowns. What else do you need? What more do, What more can you ask for? Like, he's just one guy. And and there's no conversation about whether Patrick Mahomes is, is great. We know that. Andy Reid is great. We know that. But they can't stop the run, and they can't run the ball. And then you've got LaShawn McCoy on load management. What is that? When did that? What? What do you mean? Yeah, that took a couple of my fantasy teams by storm, that, that late change there. Normally I would say no one cares about your fantasy team, but we don't believe about that around here. I do care about your fantasy team. I'm sorry about that. That sucks for you. It sucks more for the Chiefs and yeah, Chiefs yeah, fans for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. he probably should have been out there. Um, but that's the point. Like, you shouldn't you shouldn't need McCoy. Like, that's he should be able to take a, a rest week if that's what he right. physically needs. Against the Titans? And their Vikings, are, their defense played great against the Vikings, and they played great against the Vikings because Matt Moore was out there. So they, there's, there's a mentality that mm. okay, we have to step up. We don't have Mahomes over there. We've got to put our offense in a great position. Keep that same energy when Mahomes is there. This, the, the, they look like the Packers with Aaron Rodgers over the past couple of years before they ah. developed their defense, where everything is on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders. He feels like he has to go. Make make a play every single down because he doesn't know how much time he's going to have on the field. He's he he's putting himself in danger, like in physical danger, in order to make a play, which is what got Aaron Rodgers injured in the first place. Like this is this is what that is. This is this is Aaron Rodgers and the Packers when the Packers decided we don't need no defense. We have Aaron Rodgers, so who cares about a defense? Because that strategy always works. Uh, defense wins championships. We know that. It sounds corny, but that's just the reality. Like you're going to need a big stop in a big game and. The Chiefs can't stop anyone. They can't run the ball, and they can't stop the run. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I'm very, very concerned about the Chiefs this year. Um, I do not want to see the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and it's looking more and more like if the Ravens can't do the impossible, which is beat Bill Belichick and Tom Brady twice in a year, that we're going to end up with the GD Patriots in the Super Bowl once again. GD That's going to be our life. I mean, and, and like, look, like, all due respect to Patriots fans, you've had a great life, and all, the most respect, like, big ups to the Patriots organization. You, you, you're the cream of the crop, all right? But we're fucking tired of seeing you guys, okay? <laughs> like, we've we've had enough. It's exhausting. We get it. Like, what? Just what possible storyline? Like, I've got an entire week, all right, that, that that I have to mentally prepare for with the Patriots of the Super Bowl in Miami. Let's just hypothetically speak this disaster into reality. What am I going to talk? What are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? Will this be the lowest scoring Super Bowl ever? That's question number one. Because the pay, right? Exactly. Yep. Miserable. Will Tom? Will Tom Brady retire? I mean, no. I don't. I refuse <laughs> to talk about Tom Brady retiring. It's the. It's the. It's a non-starter for me. No, we will not talk about Tom, Tom and Brady Bill right off into the sunset, Joy. That's the story. No, Bill Again. Belichick is not. Wait, wait, I'll tell you what's not going to happen. <laughs> Bill Belichick is not retiring when Tom. I think it's a race, actually. I think I just figured it out. Tom Brady's going to try and out, like, play until Bill Belichick retires with the Patriots like, so that Bill Belichick will be too old to go coach another team so they can never say, like, that, that, that one won without the other. Like, like that's that's Tom Brady's plan. It's like the thing where a bunch of people put their hand on a car, and the last person whose hands on the car yeah, gets to keep yeah. the car. The, the, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have their their Sweeps their things. hand on a, yeah. a on a sweet Jag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jaguar <laughs> down. I don't know. What, what, what do you think Bill Belichick drives? A Jaguar for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're like, yeah. or like, a, I'm picturing like a Jag. Maybe Lincoln he drives, Continental. Uh, I mean, it's too classy for a Lincoln. I mean, Lincoln's nice. I, I'm gonna guess uh, Chevy Malibu. Mm-mm. Not too classy for a Lincoln. He's too rich for a, a, a Lincoln. I got it. Um, Chevy Malibu. It's just reasonable. He does have a sense of humor, though. It's just reasonable. I don't know. This is a it's fun just game. Reasonable. What yeah, kind of what car does Bill Belichick drive? drive? <laughs> imagine if he pulled up. In Donnie like, loves it. Imagine, <laughs> imagine if he pulled up. I, like what does he? What does Bill Belichick pull up to the facility in? It's he, not a truck. He, I don't believe it's a truck. What if he pulled up in an H three on thirties? Oof, that'd be nice. Earns I just, respect from the I think he drive, I think he treats himself to a very nice car, but like not too ostentatious because that's not his style. So just like like a, no AMG upgrades, or something. but just a very nice car, which is why I keep refer. Like it keeps my, the back of my mind keeps saying Cadillac. <laughs> yeah, like a white Cadillac, but then it's Boston. White is like a little too much, so not really a good color. But you don't want to do black because all the salt. I don't know. Patriot blue. There's Cadillac. so many options. What do you think, Jeremy? Jeremy usually has the answer for this stuff. It's so hard. It's so hard. There's so he's such a dynamic personality, you know. And then he's like so like stone faced. 
So like you don't want to you don't want to draw any attention to himself at the same time. I don't know. What kind of car does Bill Belichick drive? Let us know in the comments. Yeah. Hear ye, hear ye. LeBron James is petty. As we know, LeBron James plays for the Los Angeles Lakers. Kawhi Leonard plays for the Los Angeles Clippers. Kawhi Leonard is getting crushed this week because everyone is freaking out about load management. Now look, uh, I'm going to keep it real with you. Everyone freaking out about, out about load management. It's just silliness. But LeBron has come out and said, uh, if, if LeBron is healthy, LeBron will play. And anytime you speak about yourself in that way, uh, we know what's going on here. Okay. <laughs> you're, 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 you're trying to do you're something. We're on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, just stop. Uh, speaking of yourself in the third person is ridiculous. Um, so Kawhi's getting crushed. The NBA is getting crushed for load management. I don't know why it's happening. I got to be honest with you. It, it, it's... Every once in a while, everyone freaks out about something that's been going on for so long that it actually stuns me. This has been going on forever. Now, LeBron saying that he doesn't believe in load management is absolutely laughable and lacks every drop of self-awareness that could possibly be available to anyone. Because as we know, LeBron has obviously done load management because fans have been complaining about this forever. Popovich was doing this back in 2012. It's not new. The only difference is they gave it a name. Politicians do this all the time. They give something a name so then it's very scary and the world is ending or it's great and it's likable and we love it. Oh my God, I can't believe I never thought of this before. You know, you never thought of it before because it didn't have some catchy catchphrase name or some awful doomsday name. It's very simple. It's called spin. People get paid a lot of money for it. It's an actual job. Has anyone watched Scandal? The point is... <laughs> It's just called load management. So now we can call it something as opposed to guys just resting. They play 82 games. It's very strenuous. I know they get paid millions of dollars, but guess what? They get paid millions of dollars because they take care of their body. And you don't get paid millions of dollars to play basketball because you're not a professional basketball player. And I'm saying you and me too. That's why I don't <laughs> yes. complain about what people do with their bodies. And that's why there's nothing the NBA can do about it because it's health. So if I tell you, guess what, dude? I can't play tonight. My hamstring hurts. Well, we evaluated it. It looks like there's nothing wrong. Well, when you can come and occupy my body and say that I'm not in pain, then you can tell me to go play. It's nonsense. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. The only thing you can do about it is get on the same page, Kawhi and Doc Rivers, about what they're going to say to people when they don't play. And as far as fans go, I get it. It sucks. You pay money to go to games. You want to see the superstars play. But guess what? You can't control it. It's been going on forever. It's not new. 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 So stop freaking out. Oh, the NBA all of a sudden everybody's millennials. It's not new. It's been going on forever. It's called rest. They have really long seasons. It's very hard in their body. And then all we do is crush guys. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, because they run out of steam in the playoffs, but then you want to play 82 games. So make up your mind. Either the postseason and championships matter or they don't and you want an awesome regular season. Pick your poison. I choose great playoffs. Watching Kawhi Leonard go on that run in the playoffs was one of the greatest experiences as a sports fan I've ever seen. He won an entire country a championship. It's not new. It's not new. It's not new. It's not new. Okay? So just stop it. And LeBron James, stop being petty. You completely participated in this. Although I do fully agree with him on the AAU stuff and grassroots basketball. They're playing way too many games, which is why... While it's not new, it's only going to continue because guys are coming into the league with like 500 games already, not including college, because they play 12 to 15 games every single weekend. And if you don't believe me, just go follow a grassroots basketball circuit around for a month and you'll be exhausted more than they will. They are the, the, it's, it's not NBA travel. It's not NBA training. It's not NBA food. These kids are playing a ridiculous amount of games. They have so much wear and tear on their bodies before they ever even get to college, which means there's going to be more load management in the future. They're not going to shorten the season because that's taking dollars away from advertisers and networks. It's not new. Not new. All right, time for high key, low key. Let's start with the Knicks. Uh, high key, the Knicks will never not be a disaster. Low key, Kevin Durant was right. Uh, the Knicks are not cool. You heard me? <laughs> not cool. Not uh, cool look, bro. I, I don't. I don't know what I can. What more I can say about the Knicks at this point? Um, I, I'm. I'm genuinely disappointed for Knicks fans. And for the NBA that the Knicks can't get it together. And look, it's uh yeah, I feel you. I feel you completely. It's Dolan's fault. Like there's no there's no two ways about it. The 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 situation now is um Woj is reporting that um that they're talking about firing Coach Fisdale. What? Which is nonsense. I mean it's just it's just stupid. Uh, obviously they've had a rough start to the season. 
Fire, I'm very, very against firing coaches midseason in any sport. I am adamantly against it. You, you don't get nine games into a season and then decide you had the wrong head coach. Yeah. Sorry. That's just, you, that's not how yeah, it works. Well, you chose the head coach too most of the time. Like, just. It's just nonsense. Like the the it's it's not Coach Fisdale's fault that they're not winning. Uh, obviously, I understand everyone's trying to keep their job. Steve Mills is trying to keep his job, and the coach is the easiest person to just kind of blame it on. Like we're 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 showing fans we're doing something, so let's fire the coach. Except for you're not just firing one guy, as we always know. It's, it's always assistants that get fired and training staff that gets fired, and of course it resets the entire organization again. And you can't get rid of players like that. You're not like nobody just you don't have high trade value. You're not gonna get rid of your best players. You already got rid of Chris Stapps. Like it's a, it's just this endless void of disaster and sadness. And it never ends. And I feel bad for Fizdale because he is a good coach and he doesn't deserve this. It's, it's, nope. it's, it's not his fault at all what's going on there. Coach Fizdale is very well respected and liked around the league, not only by players, but by organizations. And I, I can't express to you how frustrating it is that the Knicks cannot get it together. But again, they're owned by James Dolan, who is widely considered to be uh, one of the worst, if not the worst owner in all of sports. I mean, it's James Dolan it's um uh what's his name in washington um dan snyder snyder uh at one point jeffrey loria uh i mean they're just there's an elite class of completely unaware uh obviously haslam has has inserted yep. himself in the running for that because of the turnover there uh, it's just the culture is a disaster kevin durant was right like it, you can say whatever you want about like how he worded it like the knicks aren't cool they're not they're Facts. not cool. Like not winning habitually and being dysfunctional is not cool to anyone. You're like, let me let me go work for the worst company with the with the worst owner in all of sports and see if I can turn that around. No pressure. I mean, why would you do that? I, I, and while I really did believe that he was going to the Knicks at one point, mm-hmm. now I, I feel like I sounded silly ever thinking that was a possibility. Because while I love when the Knicks are great and I think that the NBA is better when the Knicks are great, it looks like there's no end in sight because Dolan's not James giving Dolan anything up. Dolan doesn't care. I mean, look at that. He's the happiest guy in the world. He's got, he's got no worries. He's got a team. Worries. He's got a band. He's got a band. He makes music videos, <laughs> Donnie, you just informed me of, which I will not be spending any time oh in my, my life watching. Goodness. I take your word for it that it's embarrassing. I fully believe you. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to rickroll you with, <laughs> with, this, with James Dolan no, don't, music don't you videos. Dare, don't you dare <laughs> trick me into watching that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> don't do it, Donnie. I don't know. I'm just, I feel bad for, for Knicks fans and just, it just sucks. Like, there's just no end in sight. And I hope they don't fire Fitzdale. It's not going to change anything. And, uh, uh, you can only win, and especially in the NBA, you need talent to win. That's what it's really about. And you couldn't get any free agents because uh, high key, the MVP race this year is crazy and low key. Uh, I, I love Lamar Jackson. He's really great. It's so close. I mean, after last night's game with uh, Russell Wilson and uh, the 49ers. I, I know it's like it, it's it's so close. Like, I, I really don't know how it's going to go. It's obviously going to depend on who's playing the best at the end of the season, which looks like both of them are just going to continue this MVP run. But man, I mean, did you see that clip with Harbaugh and um, Lamar Jackson? I low-key almost cried. I choked up a little too. Oh, my heart. I can't take it. Two grown men saying they love each other. It's wonderful. Oh it's God. wonderful. In the middle of a game, I love you too. Oh. Even when they, they like talk past each other for a second, they immediately rectify it in a beautiful way. It's oh, just, it's so wonderful. It's, it's nice. So, ugh, I can't. Nice. Um, it was great. So yeah. Russell Wilson's not going to top that. I don't know how you do it. But they, oh, God, that, that game was so great. I don't know. I have no idea. I really don't. I don't know which way to go. I do know those are track last track uh, shades though. Track meet shades right there. Man. That's the move. He had I know shades they just ready. Beat the Bengals like it's not a big deal, but. Um, he, he, I don't know. I don't they, know. I don't know. They, they, knew they, know? Were, they knew they were going to win to the point where he had shades ready to put yeah, on you have for shades the cutaway for that moment. There's no, there's no question they're going to win that game. It's going to be very interesting how the rest of the season goes. And I know like the MVP, it's like regular season award and you know, they wait forever to, you know, announce it. And it's like, no one really cares at the end of the day, but they're, they're both having such amazing seasons. And I really want to give credit to John Harbaugh because what he's been able to do with Lamar Jackson and taking his development from last year to this year. And this is why I didn't know I didn't have any expectations for the Ravens this year because they were saying they're just going to let Lamar Jackson do his thing and I was like, "Oh, are you sure about that?" cuz I don't I don't know what I don't know what to make of Lamar's season last year. Well, he was in the gym 
all offseason and clearly working on his game. And they've done an amazing job developing him. And, of course, you know, not tanking. So the rest of the team is decent, too. So uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the MVP race. But I love that moment with John with, with um, Harbaugh and, uh, and Lamar. Uh, finally, thank God for LSU and Loki. I really like Joe Burrow. I really do. Oh, thank you. Uh, I actively root against Alabama. I can't help it. I don't know why, but I, I just, I, you know what it is? I want, I want to see some other teams in there. Like it's just gotten exhausting. It's the same thing as the Patriots. Like I, I don't, want, I don't want anyone to lose or win. I don't have any like, like I care about Miami and Pitt and it's like moderately, but I, I just, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to see Alabama and Clemson every single year. Like I, I love this year that we have some parity. Penn State's in there. Minnesota got an incredible win over them. Uh, great college football weekend, but this game was the game we deserved. Like we, as sports fans, deserved this game, and it was ama- It was amazing to watch. Tua had an incredible game too. I mean, he played like a warrior. You can't even really take anything away from that game because playing hurt and putting up that performance. Like, what more can you ask for? But as far as Joe Burrow goes, um, no quarterback had be- beat Alabama in its own building since 2015. He had 393 rushing passing yards, 64 rushing yards, and three touchdowns. And more than that, he just looked poetic out there like he he was he was magnificent to watch he, he the way that he moves he's he's an incredible athlete and I'm I I just hope that the Cincinnati Bengals make a disaster at their pick because clearly Dolphins have insisted on continuing to win even though I like it when they win but I don't know what we're doing because we're supposed to be losing anyway um hopefully we get Joe Burrow because I really I really like this kid I mean he is he's really good and Ed Ergeron is a gift from the sports gods. We don't deserve him, and I am I am just I I need I love him. I love him. I can't help it. I love him. Roll Tide. F- Alabama. <laughs> you f- you is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, in the speech. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Tide, f- you. That was, close. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> um, I mean, look at the, look at that. How could you not? I mean, uh, to be to be that sports guy right now, like, how could you not run f- through a wall for that guy? Oh man. I mean, look at him. Look at him. That guy definitely drinks sweet tea, okay? He, his blood is sweet tea. I mean, point. he yeah. offers you a cold yeah. glass of sweet tea yeah. when you walk in his house, and there's yeah. nothing like yeah. that, yeah. okay? <laughs> I, I, there's nothing like it. I, I love him. He's so great. Uh, the speech, like, just, he's, he's, he's wonderful. I, I love LSU. I hope they win this year. Uh, they've, they've been really great to watch. And, um, and beating Alabama. Alabama's not going to make the playoffs now. They're not. Come on. They They're always not. make it. They're not. They always make it. Mm-mm. They're going to cupcake their rest of the I'm way. I'm going to say it through. right now. What's today's date? 12th? Not yep. making it. Not. No. November 12th, the year of our Lord 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Joy not. Taylor says. They're not. It's not happening. All right. Loser power rankings. Loser power rankings. These are the losers the losers of the week. All right. Time for losers. Loser power rankings. Let's start with Trump's endearment tour. Uh, Trump's sports endearment tour. I don't know what's happening. Um, I think it probably has something to do with the fact that there's an impeachment process going on, if I had to guess. But um, once again, (laughs) our president has graciously um, reminded us that we don't have to stick to sports. Yep. Which is uh, which is the only positive I can take from whatever the hell is going on. So Trump was uh, he was at the World Series, obviously, where he was uh, booed ferociously. Um, And then he (laughs) went to UFC 244, where he was also booed. Um, He hosted the Nationals World Series champions at the White House where he was not booed because obviously they went and uh, not the entire team, though, but, you know, the ones who went were happy to be there. And (laughs) obviously he was at the Alabama game this weekend where students were informed not to boo. I don't know why they needed to because it was in Alabama. But anyway, the point is. I don't care about this, except for the fact that obviously over the next year, we're all going to be reminded as uh, human beings and uh, sports analysts and, you know, whatever it is that we do, that we should stick to whatever we do and not talk about politics, because apparently only uh, anonymous people and uh, political talking heads are allowed to talk about politics. But Trump has decided to insert himself into the sports sphere. So now we can. So I appreciate that. We, we got B-roll, too. So if we're going to talk about you, we, we can show you now, too. Yeah, we've got at, evidence. You're like, at the sports games. Yeah, Thanks, you were bro. there. Appreciate you're at the sporting you. things yep. doing the sports stuff. So we can, too. Um, also on the losers this week is the Rams. Oh, I was so wrong about the Rams. I thought, like, they were going to be the team to not do that Super Bowl hangover thing. And nope. It's not all their fault, though. Their offensive line is demolished. Uh, another one of their uh, their center is out for the season with an uh, MCL. 
tear. So uh, that's Goff getting sacked one of the four times that he got sacked against the Steelers. Uh, not not very high in sacks, 16 uh, sacks this year. It ranks like kind of around the middle. Um, of the NFL, Jameis has the most with 34. So obviously, there's a <laughs> kind of a oh, gap man. there. Um, oh, but man. that's not what's important. What is important is that they're 20th in rushing uh, this year, which is is their issue. Like that, on, Todd Gurley was was the the muscle and the machine behind that offense, and they can't get the running game going. And now that the offensive line is completely demolished, it looks like the season is over, especially in that division. And finally, speaking of that division, uh, the rest of the season uh, is a loser because that Niners Seattle game last night was just um a, i believe they described it as a masterpiece on the broadcast and that's fair because it was so fun to watch it was eloquent and exciting um i i most of the time don't appreciate overtime because you know we watch yeah. a lot i watch a lot of football like it's like overtime like yeah I just want to watch your white people. Yeah. But <laughs> I that game deserved an overtime, and it was uh, incredible. We got all of it. We got all of it. We got overtime. all the fun. Uh, I, do, I did feel like Jimmy Garoppolo had a lot of overthrows. Um, kind of just. He also threw it directly to the Seahawks a lot. He did like to throw it to the other team a couple times, and they probably could have had like six interceptions yeah, if, if they would have caught, caught all of them. Yeah. But. Nevertheless, it was a great game, and I, I don't know how they're going to top it this year. Um, looking at the schedule, like obviously Chiefs at Patriots would be something that we're all going to mark down to watch, but the way that the Chiefs are playing, I don't know how much of a marquee mm-hmm. game that's going to be. That game was uh, all-time. It felt, like, it felt like a playoff game. We usually get one of these a year where it's like you look back at the season. Like last year, Chiefs-Rams was just – Insane. Insane. It was so fun to watch, and and that was that was just a, uh, an all around great game. And I, I don't think it was. I, I don't put the 49ers in the other categories as the other great teams that have bad losses, like the Saints and the Chiefs and um, the Cowboys or the Vikings. Like that wasn't a bad loss. That nope. was an incredible game. Somebody's got to lose. And it's their only loss. Yeah, it's their only loss. It's, their and only loss. it's, it's to the Seahawks, who are going to be a problem in the playoffs. So I don't even consider it to be a bad loss. I still think that the 49ers are the 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 best team in the league this week I have to give it to them because the Saints had that bad loss so mm. I'm I'm gonna give it up the Saints mm. I I submit mm. Dean Heller the the the, the 49ers are the best team in the league even clip. with that loss because that was just fun to watch let's clip that off Donnie <laughs> T what's in the Migos culture report All right, so Instagram is testing a new policy where they're hiding likes. Now, you can still like posts, but you can't see the number of likes unless it's your own. Now, Joy, you said earlier that you don't care Instagram likes are going away. Why? Okay, so here's the thing. And I did appreciate um, Nicki Minaj coming out of retirement for a few minutes to talk to us about what's actually happening with um, Instagram. So Instagram is getting rid of likes, as you mentioned. When is this actually happening? When's it going down? So apparently they've already started to uh, roll this out in Australia and Ireland, but they said that it's just now hitting the United States and it's going to be a slow process. So we don't exactly know when yet. Okay. Um, Here's the thing. I've literally never, ever in my life liked a picture because of how many likes was on it. Right? Right. Have you? No, I like it because I like the photo. Right. (laughs) Me too. So I, I don't really understand exactly if they're going to take away the double tap because to me, like, that's a huge part of what Instagram is. So removing the the, the actual ability to like a, a picture is kind of silly to me. The point is, I've never liked a picture just because it, it has a bunch of likes. So I get it, like, as far as influencers go and everything that Nikki was saying, and I do think Instagram is being greedy because, I mean, who cares if everyone else is making money? Like, what, what, what's going to end up happening is the same thing that happened with Facebook that created Instagram. People are going to get tired of people do, of these social media outlets doing all this extra shit, ooh, extra stuff. And, um, <laughs> and, and then they're going to go to another social media platform. Like, someone's going to make another platform that's easy to use and doesn't have all these rules and stuff going on. And, like, that's what's going to end up happening is what we always do. But as far as, like, people freaking out because people can't see their likes, like, I've never looked at a picture and been like, oh, 10,000 likes. I need to be a part of that. Yeah, same. I don't I don't care. And you can still see how many likes you have. So influencers can still share that information with advertisers that want to put stuff on their thing. So I, I think everyone's probably overreacting a little bit. But um, but I get it. Like people want people want to see likes, I, I guess. I just don't I don't I don't know how it's going to affect it's yeah, not affect people, me people don't like change. So. Yes, that's true. That's true. People freak out whenever any kind of logo is changed for any sporting <laughs> event. 
or team ever. All right, what's next? All right, so Drake came out as a surprise headliner at Tyler, the Creator's Camp Vlognaw Festival in L.A. on Sunday. And he was booed by fans who apparently were expecting Frank Ocean. Now, Tyler, the creator, went on this rant. He was super pissed off because he was like, he felt like he brought one of the biggest artists out to his festival. And for people to boo is rude. Drake even jokingly said, <laughs> hilarious, <laughs> plot twist, just signed a 10-year residency at Camp Flogna. Sorry, kids. You get to see me every year till you're 30. This is hilarious. Sorry, now, I understand kids. that Drake isn't for everyone, but how do we feel about the fans booing him? Well, it was ridiculous. Did they boo? No, they, I, I listened. They, they booed. Boo? Yeah, they, they weren't interested. Quietly listened at first. I think that was the problem, <laughs> is they were too quiet. They were surprised. It was a surprised guest. They were surprised. All right. I, I don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't know a whole lot about this particular festival. Heller has attended, and Heller. It's not a Drake festival, Joy. Okay, you don't you don't like Drake, okay? So that's an understatement, right? All right. Well, the rest of us do, and <laughs> also it, it's ridiculously obnoxious. Like you, you've been graced with the presence of one of the greatest artists of our time, and just relax and just enjoy the music. Like, come on, are you serious? And that and that petty response by Drake is completely appropriate. <laughs> like you're you're gonna here's news, right? Especially for you. So I'm speaking directly to you and these other. Uh, you about to tell me it's hard to not like Drake because I know that. Yeah. I am going to tell it's you not, it's, it's not, not fun. Like it's, it's like not liking Steph Curry. He's going to make albums until yep. he's 75 years old, mm -hmm. and they're all going to be mm -hmm. bangers. Mm -hmm. You're going to be going to the club what when you're all old with your, with your cane, and you're going to be you're, you're dancing your little Dak moves Okay, okay. to Drake as yep. long as you're alive. Mm -hmm. So that's happening. Um, all right, what's next? It's corny, Joy. <laughs> it's not corny. It's not corny. All uh, right. Yeah. So Kanye West spoke at the 2019 Fast Company Innovation Festival. So he discussed his new Yeezys, which you can see there. He also announced he's running for president in 2024. Oh. Do not laugh. <laughs> Cry instead? <laughs> and he uh, said that he wants to legally change his name to Christian Genius Billionaire. Now, what are your thoughts about this? And also keep in mind that he did mention that he was going to run for president in 2020. So do we actually believe him this time? I do think 2024 is more appropriate because his friend Donald Trump is running in 2020. Appropriate? So that would be, well, yeah. I mean, if he's going to, if he's being serious about it, he can't run this year because he's going to be running against his friend. And friends don't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think he is serious about running for president. Do I, I also think he's serious about, what is it, Chris, Christian genius billionaire? Yes. Meta world peace face ass. Well... <laughs> Christian Christian genius billionaire is kind of appropriate because he's also performing at Joel Osteen's church yeah. this weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Kanye and his choir. Yeah, I know Heller crossover. It's, it's a yeah. All right. All right. First of all, I don't want to talk about those uh, rat-eating Crocs that he's calling Yeezys because I mean we're not we're not doing that that's that that is what we're not this doing dude makes hiking boots and crocs now i mean those those are those are crocs that have been left out to mildew that's what those are um anyway the point is <laughs> like walmart crocs i they're whatever i don't that's all i have to say about those shoes but the church thing is something else that's an appropriate name when he's heading to osteen's church christian genius billionaire uh that so apparently he's going to be doing like some 20 to 30 minute like chit chat um uh two college dropouts having a conversation apparently that that's what i read in the article like they have something in common because they both dropped out of college <sighs> that's not the only thing they have in common um and if you remember cor like correctly if i remember correctly this is the same church that wouldn't let people in when the entire city of houston was flooded because they, they didn't want to get their floors dirty well they did eventually once they got some bad press but right when, after, when, it, after when it was the right thing out, to do, they, <laughs> no, they didn't want to. When it was to. the right thing to yeah, do, yeah. no. Before it was not the right thing to do, yeah. It's yeah, just, I mean, I don't. What, what am I supposed to say about that? Like, yeah. I mean, it's is nonsense. Like, it, it's it's now it's now passed over into the into the area of complete and utter ludicrous. Like that that's even happening. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. You're a, you're a gospel music person. You posted this morning on your Instagram, listening to Kirk Franklin. So what what do you think about that? Um, I mean, I, I think that God's property. I mean, nothing tops God's property. Right. I mean, I think we've kind of talked about that before. I mean, I'd listen to the Jesus King album just to have an opinion about it, but I don't feel like I'd listen to it again. I mean, I feel but like... But, like, what do you think about him performing at Joel Osteen's church? Um, 
I mean, Ooh, from what I read, I guess they're gonna they're gonna do like a 20, 30 minute sit down about his journey. Right, but then they, they're gonna perform. And they're gonna later. perform. I think that we could do without them. I don't think. <laughs> I, don't, I, I mean, like when I was when I was right when I was in Inglewood, I was riding past the forum and I saw that the church was there and I literally just blasted Kirk Franklin's. I'm just like, I don't need this in my life. Yeah, I don't. Agree. I agree. I don't need it in my life. I don't. Either. It's yeah. Um, I, I'm look. If if Joel Osteen brings you closer to God, God bless you. That's how I feel. I'm not gonna judge how anyone uh, about to. connects with their maker. You don't believe in God, so this conversation's not for you. I'm just gonna say okay? they're about to sell some church merch. Yeah, though, no, they're definitely they? gonna be selling some church merch, heavy church merch. That's for sure. All right, that's the culture report. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks for joining us this week on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Thank you to Bucky Brooks for stopping by. It was excellent. Um, you can follow us on all our social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod, and we are on iHeartMedia, iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, and Spotify. So if you didn't like the way you listened today, those options are available to you. Appreciate you supporting the podcast, and we'll catch you next week. Oh wait. You have a fantasy update? Yep, I sure do. Okay. It's we only update when things are good. Yeah. And for you or just in uh, you're in third. I'm in second. We're both seven and three, so things are great. Big wins for both of us this week. Big shouts to Kirk Cousins, my guy, coming through. I'm gonna I'm going to master that Dak celebration. That, that hip. It's very hard to do the singing, hips. Yeah. But, but I gotta watch a couple more times. We got a green screen. We could we could make a gif of it. Oh, what a great idea! Sometimes you have great ideas. Sometimes. Sometimes, uh, only when I'm doing well in fantasy. So yeah. So anyway, you and I are second and third, totally in the playoffs. Where's our Where's our good pal Brandon? Brandon is the Brandon's the only team doing worse than Donnie. Actually, they're both three. <laughs> they're both three and seven. Our only three and seven teams. It's like they're not trying almost. Uh, uh, but thanks to everyone playing in the fantasy yes, league. Yes, thank you. There's some good teams up there. Le Rouge Grudens is number one right now. Shouts to the squad and fourth. Ladies and gentlemen, is it gentlemen or gentlemen? Gentlemen, gentlemen. gentlemen. They're in the playoffs Favorite too, joke. so yeah, yes. good stuff. It's 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 getting fun now that we're yes. good, right, Joy? Yes, it is. It's always fun when you're winning. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not. Ooh.